pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. Have you ever seen something that makes you laugh every time you think about it? For me, that happened when I was 17. I was with a group of campers getting ready to leave a Bible camp when I noticed a friend that I made that week on the roof of an old green Volkswagen van tying down his equipment. And as I watched him work, a crow swooped down as if from nowhere and landed squarely on his head. This crow then proceeded to try pulling out some of my friend's hair. Now his hair was long and blonde and I'm guessing it was to build its nest. Now, as all this is happening, my friend's waving his hands around frantically, trying to shoo away the crow, as this crow's defiantly cawing at him. And after about a minute or so of this, you know, the crow finally had enough and flew away. And whether it got its prize or not, I couldn't tell you. All I know is that image is burned into my memory for life. And as I recall that memory from years ago, it recently dawned on me how that scene tells a profound truth about how we address temptation and sin. Would we blame my friend for the crow swooping out of nowhere? Of course not, right? He had no control over the crow. Now what if my friend sat there doing nothing and let the crow go about his business? What if the crow decided to roost on his head with no attempt to remove it? At that point, we could say his reaction, or lack thereof, to the crow was in his sphere of control, and he could be held responsible for what happened next. It's one thing for a crow to land on your head. It's another thing entirely to let it build a nest there. And we're all born with a flawed human nature that is prone to sin. We have no control over that. We also have no control over what we find tempting, as what we find tempting is shaped by a combination of our personality and our upbringing. But we can control how we react to temptation, and there is a consequence if we don't. James 1 verses 13 through 16 speaks about the process of how sin comes to be and its consequences. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers." As I mentioned, the things that lure us and entice us to sin against God are mostly outside of our control. We have no control over fleeting thoughts or when we see something that we desire. They're much like the crow swooping out of nowhere looking for a place to roost. And like that crow, if we give our lusts and desires a place to dwell in our mind, we're accountable for the consequences. It's one thing to have a temptation cross your mind. It's another thing entirely to let temptation build a nest there. 
Now, sin itself is a broad, abstract concept that can refer to anything between lying and murder. But what if we were to consider the individual behaviors that we struggle with? After all, these can equally harm our relationship with God, Christ, and our brothers and sisters. We all have habits that we're not proud of, and the consequences of those can hurt our walk. The challenge is finding out what is the environmental trigger that starts the chain reaction in the first place, and then adjusting our reactions to create better behaviors. In psychology, this is called chain analysis. Now, chain analysis, broken down simply, is made of four components. Triggers, thoughts, actions, and consequences. Now, triggers in our environment cause us to have a thought that justifies or satisfies the feeling the trigger caused. If we follow through with those thoughts, those thoughts lead to actions. And every action, even the decision not to act, has a consequence. Just as we wouldn't be able to control a crow from landing on our head, we can't control the things we desire in our lives popping up out of nowhere to tempt us. But we are forced to engage with it one way or another. We can let it settle in and dominate our thoughts until we do what it wants, or we can deter it from making a home in our minds. So how can we change the, our actions to avoid the same harmful consequences? The Lord Jesus Christ was tempted in the same way that we get tempted, yet he overcame. Consider Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, to learn how the Lord overcame temptation in the wilderness. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Lord Jesus was tempted to use God's power, the Holy Spirit, for his own personal satisfaction instead of using it to glorify the Father. With every trigger that caused him to have a thought contrary to the Father's will, he countered it with Scripture and from that took action to overcome his thoughts. Can we say the same for ourselves when we're struggling with pride or lust or jealousy? And can we encourage our fellow believers to do the same? Sometimes we may only see their actions and its consequences, yet not know what starts that chain reaction. But if we know that sin begins with desire, triggered by something to be desired, we can engage with other disciples in meaningful 
conversations to develop better behaviors so that we can overcome temptation and sin. We are not doomed to have the same result every time we're tempted. The Lord Jesus himself showed us how we can overcome. But it's up to us to be prepared for every temptation by taking in the word of God through reading, through prayer, singing, conversation with others, or many other ways. You can't control the crow wanting to sit on your head. But you can choose whether or not to let it make its nest there. To close, I'd like to reflect on Romans 6, verses 19 through 23, to encourage all of us to live in Christ and overcome the challenges and temptations in our lives. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion on Pause to Consider. If you enjoyed this devotion, please share it with your friends and your loved ones. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Facebook and Instagram pages for Pause to Consider. And if you haven't done so, I hope you take some time to leave a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts so that others can find this podcast for devotions. But above everything else, I hope this devotion was helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it be in our next devotion or in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.